Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Um, we'll be hearing God's Word this morning from John chapter 9. Uh, if you've been with us, you, you would know that before Palm Sunday and Easter, which were the past two weeks, uh, we've been making our way through the Gospel of John. And so through the Gospel of John, overall, what we have been seeing is who Jesus is and fundamentally what it means that heaven has come down to earth. That's what happened in the person of Jesus. Heaven has come down to earth, has brought new life, and Jesus has come declaring to all. He's, he's really come with a lot of conflict uh, over the past few weeks. A lot of the conflict we had seen uh, all stemmed uh, from Jesus showing up at a feast in Jerusalem at the Feast of the Booze and just starting declaring all these truths about himself. And he's getting into all these fights uh, with the Pharisees, with the Jewish leaders. And so that's, uh, that's kind of ended at the end of chapter 8, but, it, but it's about to start again. So we're now going to pick up with another miracle that Jesus does. And if you remember way back from the beginning of John, I said Jesus really does not do, uh, in John, John does not record a lot of miracles of Jesus. There's really very few of them. He just picks out a few things that Jesus has done and arranges them as signs. That each miracle that John records is to show something about Jesus. And so what, when you hear this miracle, uh, I'll admit there's, a, there's an element of gross in this miracle. Um, so don't, don't get too distracted by the gross, but instead, uh, let, instead listen and hear what is it that God is trying to show us this morning. For the same word that he had for them back then when Jesus first did it is his word for us today. So I'll read now from John chapter nine. I'm gonna read the whole chapter because it's all one story. As he passed by, that's Jesus, he saw a man born blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. 
The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard, has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that this, uh, this word was done and spoken by your son, Jesus, that it was written down and recorded for us, that, it was, that your word for the people then may be your word for us today. We pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts, that it would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it seems that, it seems that most, most of the children uh, took Nathan up on kids' time, but I figure the rest of you may still want to know what is in my mystery bag. So I have in here a pair of glasses. I have something else in there, too. So I have this pair of glasses, which some of you may know, some of you may not, that, uh, that I, I need these glasses very much. You don't know it because the rest of the time I'm most of the time I'm wearing my contacts, but if I didn't have my contacts in, I really wouldn't be able to see you without these glasses. And the funny thing, the funny thing I remember, I got not these particular glasses, but I first got glasses sometime when I was in high school. And I don't remember exactly how it came about that I knew that I needed glasses, but the, the thing that stands out to me is that when I first got my glasses, I was looking out the front door of my house with my glasses on, and I had this moment of realization. I was like, oh, there are blades of grass. It's not just a field of green. I had always thought that the front yard was just, it just kind of looked 
green and flat. And then I looked through the glasses, I saw there were individual blades of grass. Now, I'm sure I had seen that before at some time, but I had kind of forgotten. And that's what stuck with me. When I looked through the glasses, I could see something that I didn't know I was actually missing. And that's really the, the fundamental message of Jesus here is that we need glasses and, and that we need to be able to see and we don't always realize that we don't see. And see, sometimes we know that there, we need to put something on our head. But the other thing I have in here is I have a pair of sunglasses. Now, if I put these sunglasses on, my sunglasses will, they'll make me look cool and they'll darken the, the sky. I can even put them on because I can still see with these on. You know, they'll, they'll darken things a little bit. They're changed, they'll change the view, but they don't really help me see. So I feel like I've done something, but I haven't actually fixed anything. Just made it a little bit dimmer, but it's still fundamentally my sight. What I need is glasses. And so what, what Jesus is telling the, the Pharisees here in John, really the big key to all of this uh, is, is in verse 40. Some of, those some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. The fundamental problem is that they did not realize that they were blind. If they were blind, if they knew they were blind, if they knew they needed the glasses, they could get help from Jesus. But because they thought that they could see, even if they have any inkling, all they're doing is putting on sunglasses. They thought that their sight was pretty good. Maybe a little bit of sunglass, maybe a little bit of religious ritual, maybe a little bit of self-improvement. Jesus is saying, no, you are blind. That is why I've come into the world. Verse 39, that those who do not see may see, those who recognize that they're blind may see, may put on the glasses, and those who see may become blind. Those who think they see need to realize that they are truly blind, that we are all in need of glasses. So our main problem that Jesus is pointing out to them and to us this morning, our main problem is that we think that all we need is sunglasses, when in reality, we need real glasses. Thick glasses, really thick glasses. Maybe we even need laser surgery. We need a complete transformation of our vision to be able to see. That's our problem is we're looking through sunglasses when we should be turning to Jesus for true sight. But the good news, the main thing this is telling us about God is that Jesus alone is the one who gives sight. Jesus is saying, like he has throughout all of John, he's been saying, you're hungry? I've got food. I'm the only place you can get food, real food. Thirsty, I'm the only place you can get real drink. You're in the dark, I'm the only true light. You're not sure what's real and what's not, I am the truth. He keeps saying these things, I am, I am, I am. And as we've observed before, and again here, Jesus here doesn't do a lot of interacting with the Pharisees, but as we've observed before, he doesn't, he doesn't always answer their questions because they're not really seeking to believe. They're not realizing that they're blind. Jesus is coming and saying, you cannot figure this out on your own. You need me to give sight because Jesus alone is the one who gives sight. So what do we do with that? We must trust him alone, not just trying to adjust things a little bit, not just put on a pair of sunglasses 
so we can dim the light, so we can feel cool, but to get real glasses, real eyes, real renewed sight from Jesus. To do that, we have to trust in him alone. And this man, you know, most of, many of the people that Jesus interacts with, many of the characters in the Bible as a whole, are very mixed people. They're not, they're not all, we always say, you know, it's not, it's not always examples for us to follow. But this man, this man's a pretty good example. And it's, it's striking, I don't know if you caught this, in verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. He worshipped him. Like, that's a big deal. He recognized that Jesus had healed his sight, and therefore he recognized that Jesus was God. And he worshipped him. And this man is the first man, the first person in the Gospel of John to be recorded as worshipping Jesus. Now, there's other people who have acknowledged Jesus. His, as Peter had said to Merle, we saw a great statement from Peter, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. So it's not like he's the first or only good man, but it's the first one that says he worshipped him. He fully recognized who God is. So following this man, what does it mean for us to trust him alone? That's, that's, I mean, isn't that what worship is? To trust in Jesus, to put our heart to him to, to center our hearts towards him alone. So three real quick things that we can follow this man in to worship him alone. First, we can admit, we must admit that we are blind. Secondly, we must walk in simple obedience. And third, we must tell what God has done. We admit we are blind. We walk in simple obedience. We tell what God has done. So first, to admit we're blind. See, this man... This man had, he knew he was blind. He'd been born blind. There was no question about it. He was literally blind. But the Pharisees didn't know that they were blind. They, they were shocked by it. Are we also blind? But you can see throughout here, you can see their blindness clearly as they're arguing with this man and saying ridiculous things. I mean, it's ridiculous. Look at this. Verse 19, when they call his, or verse 18, they didn't believe that he had been blind and received his sight. They call his parents, verse 19. Is this your son who you say was born blind? I mean, just hear the ridiculousness of this. Clearly, the man born blind that everybody knew and everybody recognized had been healed. And the Pharisees are looking at this and saying, well, let's, let's pretend that that's not the case. They were blind. They themselves were blind and could not admit it. And see, this man was born blind. Jesus says, this man, there's no particular sin or anything that caused this, but this was so that we could see the glory of God revealed. But it's not just like, oh, I'm going to, this man's blind so Jesus can do a miracle, but it's pointing us to the deeper reality that we are all truly born blind. The Bible teaches very clearly that we are born in sin. It says that in multiple places, and that because of the sin in which we are born, we cannot see the world rightly. But we have to admit that. We have to recognize that. So what does that look like then to admit that we are blind? To, to see what that looks like, you can think about what are some of the other ways when you, when you bump up against sin, when you bump up against your own limitations, what are you tempted to do? See, we're tempted to deny. So no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I'm not that bad. We're tempted to deflect. We see the Pharisees deflecting here. Uh, you know, who, who are you? You've been in sin since birth. How dare you lecture us? Let's turn around. We're tempted to justify ourselves. 
We are disciples of Moses. I don't know who this guy is, but Moses, I know these things. We're tempted to compare ourselves to others. At least I'm not as bad as this other person. So to admit that we are blind is to simply say, yes, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to deflect. I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to deny. I'm simply going to admit I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. And it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, sometimes if we hurt somebody, in sin, we sin against somebody, we hurt them, and they're mad at us, and, and we say, I'm, I'm sorry, I've done wrong. And it's unco- we're both stuck. We don't quite know what to do with that. Because so often in our human relationships, that just leads to further and further fighting. And you're like, well, I thought we were going to fight about this. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to admit that I'm wrong. It's disarming. But it's important. We have to admit that we are wrong because then we can receive true healing. Not just papering things over, not just putting on some sunglasses, feel a little bit better, let's cover it up. But true healing can only come, true forgiveness can only come when we admit that we are blind. So if you've never turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm sorry, I have disobeyed you. That's the first step. Say, I I don't have this all together. I don't do everything right. I can't figure it all out. Even if you have done that, but you've strayed away from that, come back to it. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need you today. I need you every day because I am not making this work on my own. We admit that we are blind. Secondly, we walk in simple obedience. I love love the way this man responds. Uh, This is in in verse, um, verse 8 and following. I know where to go. Well, how were your eyes open? Verse 10. Then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud. Anointed man said, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? I don't know. That's it. All right. And then uh, in verse uh, verse 16. Nope, not that one. Where'd it go? I don't know. I lost it. Oh, here it is. Verse 25. Uh, Verse 24, they say, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Just, he obeyed. Jesus put mud on side, go watch. I mean, think about how weird that is. Think about how weird this man is blind. And and maybe he's heard the talk about Jesus. Maybe he knows something, this is a guy. But Jesus spit on the ground to make mud and rubbed it on his eyes. That's weird. And then he said, he did like heal him instantly. He said, now go and wash. Just imagine what he's feeling as he's walking to that pool, blind, feeling his way to that pool, getting people to help him to that pool with saliva mud on his eyes. That's a lot, but he just did it. Jesus said, go to the pool and wash. He went to the pool and washed. The Pharisees said, what happened? He said, well, he made mud. He healed me. I don't know what happened. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he is. I know what he's done for me. He walks in simple obedience. And then the best part, when Jesus comes back to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? He's like, yeah. Can I believe in him? Tell me how. And Jesus says, well, it's me. He's like, it's you. He worships him. Simple obedience. There's so many things in this world that are so complex and complicated. And we can get ourselves so wrapped around in trying to figure them all out, trying to figure out what is right, what is optimal, what is the best decision, what is right in this situation or that situation. 
and in some of these things, they truly are complicated. Some of them, we make them more complicated with our self-justifications. I'm sure I can come up with a way, a reason that it's okay to make this business deal or to shade this on my taxes. I just did my taxes this week. I'm sure there's, there's ways that you can, you can justify to yourself why this particular rule or that particular rule shouldn't apply to me. But all we can do is walk in simple obedience is each day we come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm blind. Show me where to go. Show me what you would have me do today. And really the things that Jesus calls us to do are not that complicated. They're not easy, they're hard, but they're not complicated. To love others, to speak kind words, to watch our tongues, to stay away from gossip, to forgive when people hurt us, to confess our sins when we do people wrong, to give our time, to give our money, to give our hearts to other people, to take chances, to get hurt. These, these aren't complicated, but they are hard. But we trust and we walk in simple obedience, knowing that only Jesus can show us the way. We can't figure these things out because we're blind. So we need Jesus to show us the way. We admit we are blind, we walk in simple obedience. And then part of that simple obedience is telling what God has done in our lives. Just like he says here, one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. But then, then he doubles down a little bit. When they start challenging him, many of us, when challenged or tempted to, to pull back, even as his parents did, they're like, yeah, we're not going to argue with you because we don't want to be cast out of the synagogue. Why don't you ask him? Why don't I just back out of this conversation? Why don't I try to make things smooth? And instead, he goes in when they ask again, and he says, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Look, this is what it means. Either you believe what he has done and you become his disciples, or you reject it and you go feeling your way in the darkness. We know, verse 31, that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since this world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. All of a sudden, he's gone from, I don't know, I'm walking or somebody put mud on my eyes, to a philosophical argument about who, why Jesus must be God. Because nobody else could open the eyes of a man born blind. And that is our calling. When we, and, and it's a progression that we go through. When we admit that we are blind and we need Jesus, and then we turn to him in faith and ask him to forgive our sins and take steps of obedience, of love and service and sacrifice and confession and forgiveness, and then we're, it wells up within us. we got to tell. Say, look what God has done for me. I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. But I know that my sins are forgiven. And I know that I feel a freedom that I could not feel on my own. And I know that I am able to give and serve and love in ways that I would have never thought possible. And I know that God has put people around me that care for me and love me, even when I do things that are wrong. And I know this could only come from God. I know this God could be good for you too. I would love for you to come and find out more. I would love to look at the Bible with you. I would love for you to come and visit our community, to get a taste of it, to see what God could do in your life. Because Jesus alone is the one who gives sight. So let us not put on our sunglasses and just make a small change. Let us not walk in darkness. Let's not pretend that we can see when we really cannot but let us put on Jesus' true glasses 
Admit that we are blind and see the world rightly. Walk in the freedom and forgiveness that he offers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you do give us sight through your son, Jesus. We pray that as we reflect on, this, on your word through this week, that you would show us more and more what it means to follow you, what it means to trust you for knowledge, what it means to trust you for sight. Would you guide us today and in the days to come? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.